Welcome into another episode of Miked Up Mellow and Big Country with you, taking you through the Manning telecast that we saw last night. Ravens, Raiders, Clay Helton fired in USC. Uh, a ton of college football and NFL reactions from Sunday. I know we're a little bit late, but uh, having to tailgate Sunday with the folks of Mid America RV and Lot J was absolutely amazing. And of course, one of our great sponsors of this show is Mid America RV. And why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV experience travel like you never have before you can find out more at midamericarv.com it was awesome to be up at the game sunday i will get into that a little bit too but i mean why work from yellowstone when we could work from lot j it was absolutely amazing so thank you to our great sponsors and josh smoots at midamerica rv but i think we have to start the show here last night um my daughter had gymnastics class i have two daughters if you're unaware if you're a new listener to the show two daughters one of them had gymnastics class so I was about 30 minutes late to watching the game online if we're if we're being honest (laughs) I was watching the game at gymnastics class on YouTube TV which is not a sponsor but it's a fantastic piece (laughs) of technology that has changed my life but I'm not that guy who's gonna sit there and like blare the sound of the game so I was just watching parts of the game and then I tweeted out because I saw a lot of people like this Manning telecast is so good. Like yeah. they're, they're really killing it. But I did wonder, are they doing a really good job or is it something new and is it just the Mannings that are doing a, an okay job? Because I feel like yeah. if they do an okay job, everybody will react to me like, this is the best thing I ever saw. But I tweeted out like a poll, like which one should I really be watching here? And almost everybody said the Manning telecast. Yeah, it was it was good. It was very, very interesting. I feel like I learned a lot when I did tune into it. I was kind of going back between that one and the regular broadcast because I kept myself like not paying attention to the game and just everything that they were talking With about. With the Manning one. Exactly. And I and felt granted, the exact same way. <laughs> and it was not that I was that they were taking anything away from the game because I was just listening to see what I could learn from them and what they would see that I wouldn't just watching normally. So it's like, okay, hey, well, I've completely missed the moments of this game because I am watching Eli and Peyton go back and forth, which is absolutely hysterical. And I tweeted it last night, and it's Peyton Manning definitely waited to do the whole ESPN broadcast thing so his brother could hear the roast come out of his own mouth. Like, he could be very 100% certain. He's like, okay, hey, this isn't going to be taken in any other way with the media taking a run. Eli's going to hear these roasts. And they just gave it back and forth to each other all night. Yeah. It was hilarious. They did. I, I'm not, like, the biggest Eli fan. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that he's done a really good job and he's been funny. But I'll tell you, last night I did the same thing with that broadcast. Of Like, okay, I'll give it a chance. I'll tune in. I didn't have great expectations going into it. Yeah. Like, I remember hearing about it. And I was like, eh, like, that's okay. But I thought Eli Manning was actually great. Like, Peyton was who I expected Peyton to be. But as far as Eli Manning goes, I thought he was hilarious, too. And mm-hmm. I like he got in with some little one-liners. He was making fun of Peyton's forehead. <laughs> the oil, how oily Yeah, it looks it like he just sprayed, what, Pam <laughs> on that thing. Pan or Pam. Can you help Pam me with, with the N? M? Yeah. N or is it D? I think I can really help with the whole Pam, 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 Pam situation, situation back here. Uh, I, I thought it was really good. And I'm not a guy to get, like, overly excited about something. I'm not going to like something just because it's new and shiny. I agree with you, though. I, like, I put my phone down last night and was just listening and absorbing these guys talk about football. And it was, I think, fantastic. I, like, maybe groundbreaking stuff, honestly, that they were doing. The one thing that I liked about it, too, is that it wasn't a perfect production. Like, you could tell there was some <laughs> right. hiccups. You could hear a producer coming over the top. It's like, a commercial, commercial break is coming up. Because there was one time where they had Ray Lewis on that Eli goes to ask him a question, and then Ray Lewis is answering, and the producer's like, we're going to a commercial in like three, two, and Ray's like, forget about it. I'm still going to answer this question. And they just yeah. had to cut him off completely. Yeah, I, I think, like, going back and, like, maybe breaking down the tape of it today, uh, teach these guys how to throw to a break. <laughs> yeah. And I know that like, even when we first started doing radio, like podcasting, 
I can take a break whenever the hell I want to. Yeah, you just stop talking. But uh, at, on radio or when you're doing some live stuff, even uh, you know before when I was at Bleacher Report, it'd be like, all right, we need to take a break like right here at this time. And it's tough because they, I mean, even if you have a countdown in your ear of like going to break in 10, in your head, you're trying to count down from 10, but also keep talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you I have couldn't to do feel- it. I would just freeze. I'd just be uh-huh. like, uh, uh, what was I saying? To, you know, we have a hard out when we were doing radio. And it would be 3.55. Got to be off at 3.55 so that we can get to these breaks so the next show can start. Yep. And, you know, sometimes you start ending the show or throwing to a break, and you're like, oh, my God, I still have 15 seconds to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Like, how did I mess this up? Like, I mistimed it. So I, I think that's one thing that will get better. But it was also – it was it was cool to see, like mm-hmm. the fire alarm going off, and then <laughs> like, just like not a, hey, knowing what to do. Like uh, I guess Eli, what'd you do? Talking. And he's just sitting there with his hands in his lap, like I don't know. I guess we just keep this thing because there's at one point too where his mic just completely went out. I don't know if you're watching at that yeah. point, but I mean, he's just talking, and you can tell he's getting real serious into whatever he whatever he's getting ready to ask or whatever he's seeing on you know the game cast broadcast. Excuse me. And there's just no sound come from, and all of a sudden this microphone, like handheld microphone, uh-huh. comes into the screen. Yeah, and it's like, uh, well, I would hey. like to see them together. I would too. Like, I, don't I know, know why they, they were. want to travel a lot for it. Were I, they it not my... together? I mean, I, I assume they were in the same studio, different rooms for whatever reason. Maybe they're in their homes. I thought it was like a home studio setup. Oh, if it was, well, that's kind of impressive then. Yeah, I mean. They probably got a couple rooms to spare in their <laughs> yeah. own setup. But I, I would like to see them together, on the couch together, give Peyton his board, Eli running the uh, little tablet that he had. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. And then obviously with the guests, like it would be tough to get some of these guys in there. But I, like a Charles Barkley, you could probably schedule to get him in with those guys, stay for a little bit. But I, it's Zooming worked. I, I think they figured out the kinks, mm-hmm. or at least that they will. Uh, even uh, who's their second guest? Ray Lewis. Yeah. Having Ray Lewis there and having like Peyton Manning and Eli as well talking about the offensive side of the ball and then Ray Lewis talking about the defensive side I of the ball. I actually really liked it when Ray Lewis was on there for I, that I did reason. Because yeah, it was I like, what they are they, did a really good job. What are they going to do here? And then he would just sit there and explain it to you. And you're like, okay, hey, that that makes sense. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And then they just got into like the personal stories of, hey, remember the first time we played each other? <laughs> Ray Lewis is uh-huh. over here calling out my – the plays that we're doing is like, okay, hey, they're running a sweep to the right. And Payne's like, gosh, dang it, Ray. Like, how? How do yeah. you know? Uh-huh. And then for him to admit on air last night, it was like, hey, that was my little secret. Is I would go back and watch these live broadcast games to where I could hear you guys and I could get your cadence down. Uh-huh. And that's how I would know when, one, you were going to snap the ball, and two, what you're most likely doing in situations because yep. the broadcast guys would give tips and I could hear you. Yeah, yeah, I they did a wonderful job. I I know that they have the Monday night game next week as well. I don't know if this is an every week thing. Throw more money at them. It it's has to be, be now. An every yeah. week thing. I don't know if the other crew knew about it, like how well it was. It was going. Oh, they do now. <laughs> they 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 know now. They hopped on Twitter after the game and saw that the Manning broadcast was uh, trending. It I mean, like, I think Ooh. everybody that I was interacting with or seeing on Twitter, at least, and I know that's not like everybody. Everyone was talking about the Manning broadcast. Yeah, but here's the thing: is like I don't want the Manning brothers to take over in a broadcast booth. I want them to continue doing doing it, what they're doing, it being in a studio. Yep. And they have room to move around and showcase stuff and, you know, have the board and have the tablet and not be professional in a suit on TV. Yeah, because that's that thing that we've been used to for 30 years. Like, (laughs) oh, here's my analysis. Here's the, you know, the I don't want Tony Romo. Yeah, right. You know, I I tweeted that one out, too, last night. It was not that long ago, just a couple of years. People thought Tony Romo was like a savant. Like, mm-hmm. how does he know football so much better than everyone now else? Now we're hearing RG3 is the same way. <laughs> and then the you Manning. see the Mannings break it down where Eli's like, yeah, of course they're in cover zero. This is what the safety's going to do. Talking about, like, rolling the defense over and predicting almost everything that the defense was going to do. Mm-hmm. Not just like, hey, if I were a quarterback, this is what I would do right now. Yeah, It was like watching two quarterbacks tell you, this is exactly what the defense is doing. We know how to adjust to it. This is what you should do. And also, I love their reactions to everything. <laughs> they were not afraid to be critical of I mean, the people, op- the refs. The <laughs> opening line was, hey, I'm going to be able to see everything I need to know about the Raiders right here and play one. 
Derek, I don't know if you saw this, Mel. I missed the first Derek play. Derek Carr I did see it throws on it out to Darren Waller, goes through his hand, and Eli kind of starts struggling. He's like, what does that tell you, Peyton? And he's like, 6-11. and 11. That's what that tells me right there. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, my God, let's go. Yeah. Buckle up. Yeah, and even them, I, I, they would praise Derek Carr at times. It'd be like, you know, the receiver has to make that throw. How can you not get separation? Mm-hmm. Keep that route flat, and that's in completion for Derek Carr. But then even late in the game, uh, when they were on the goal line, and Derek Carr went with a hard snap from, like, the half-yard mm-hmm. line. And, like, why the hell would you go hard count right there? Like, that doesn't get you anything. Like, if, yeah. they, if the Ravens jump off sides, you get a fourth of a yard. Or you're moving back five. Yeah. So, it, I thought it was really good to hear them be critical, too, and have the stories of, you know, Peyton talking about how he laid into a ref one time and was going to write him an apology letter. <laughs> and the NFL wouldn't even give him the ref's address. It's like it's Peyton Manning. I thought I kind of <laughs> thought he did whatever. He's not going to go try and kill somebody in the NFL. But yeah, I mean the the Manning telecast. I didn't watch a, a second of the other one. To tell you the really? truth, really. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I kind of went back and forth on it. But I also noticed that the Manning broadcast was a play ahead, so I would see. Oh, was it? I would be able to see what the play was, but I wouldn't hear it because I'd be listening to Peyton and Eli. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, because I had one on my phone, I had one on my TV. I did the whole YouTube broadcast. Yeah. Boom, boom, and. All of a sudden, it's like the play would be showing on the big, on my big TV. And, well, that felt like a little bit of a humble brag. Ooh, on the old big flex. screen, you know. <laughs> but the play would go there, but I wouldn't even watch it because it was like, all right, well, now I want to see what Eli and Peyton have to say about what happened there and what they should do on this next situation. So that's where it just went to, I just completely missed the other broadcast. But I, again, yep. tried to watch it, but I just would get to a point where I'd have to turn them off so I could just get into the moment of the yeah. game. It, you know, uh, Barstool does a really good job of, like, they'll get a group of guys together and they'll stream the game and, like, like here's the reaction. Party type yeah, their watch yeah. party stuff. I felt like the, the Manny broadcast was that. It was, like, two guys sitting around who obviously really know football and can take it to a different level, but also be, like, family funny. Mm-hmm. which is something I think is difficult to do when the Mannings can pull it off. Like, I'm not that guy, pal. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could be family funny, like ABC funny. Like, no, there's, when, a lot of, there's a lot of words that go flying around. Yeah, like Travis Kelsey. <laughs> he was one of their guests last night. I thought he did a really good job. And he said, shit. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so that would be difficult. But I did think that they were funny and they were really informative. Uh, you know, we tailgated in Kansas City this weekend, and we were talking uh, about Travis Kelsey. And, you know, we were talking to some of the guys. It's like, I know that those aren't real routes, that he has a lot of freedom to just kind of do what he wants, <laughs> sit where he wants. And even last night, Eli got him to kind of admit, like, I know a coach isn't drawing up that route. Like, I, that's not in a playbook. No one else is allowed to. And Travis Kelsey did kind of admit, like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of allowed to do what I want as long as I don't interfere with somebody else's route. Mm-hmm. And I think that just goes to show, again, like why the Chiefs are so difficult to beat uh, because they are able to freelance and do some things. But um, <laughs> for Eli to a... even get that out of them, I, I think was a really good interview. Yeah, I bet there's a lot of defensive players too in the NFL that heard that. I was like, well, fuck, no wonder why I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just makes us shut up. Like uh-huh. The fact that Kelsey was like – Able to go, yeah, there are times I just look over at Patrick Mahomes and I give him a look like, I'm about to go make some shit up right here. Yeah. And Patrick's like, go for it. But then also knows where he's going to be so he can hit him with that quick sidearm throw mm-hmm. or get it out of his hand quickly. The connection that they have is just yeah, very impressive. And we got to see that on Sunday again. Yeah. I mean, Peyton used to – I always remember him doing it with Reggie Wayne or Marvin Harrison. Uh, it would just be like an exchange of a look. I mean, you know what I'm about to do right now. <laughs> it's like, yep, all right, cool. We're on the same page. And it would be a touchdown. So it was really cool. Uh, I thought Travis Kelsey was really good too. Uh, a lot of people talking about Russell Wilson and how he kind of stole the show. So I didn't get to almost. see him at all. On oh, there. really? Yeah. So if you want to dive into that, that would be great. So I think that Russell Wilson is very, very good at football. And he seems, I'll say seems like, he's a very good guy because I'm not going to make definitive statements on people's character that I don't know anymore. But he seems like a good guy. I think that he's so cringy and awkward to watch in interviews. They're like he, He'll give you a lot of that word salad of, I'm going to say a lot of words, they mean nothing. And I thought when he first came on with the Mannings, he was doing that. It felt like he was being interviewed by just another media personality to where he's like, I'm not going to really answer that question, but I'm going to talk for 30 seconds. Yeah. But then he, I tweeted and like jinxed it. Um, <laughs> then he calmed down and you could really see that football IQ 
come through and, and he did do a really good job. So I, I, I won't delete the tweet, but I was definitely proven wrong <laughs> <laughs> on that one because he did do a good job. And I, I think another thing that's great with the Mannings is that if you have Russell Wilson on, like you've scheduled him out to come in and be a part of this broadcast. If you have like a Joe Tessitore being like, Russ, you, you got time to stay on with us? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to go watch film. But when Peyton and Eli do it, it's like, yeah, I'll hang out. I'll hang out for a little bit. <laughs> they even got him to stay for the overtime, which, I mean, I you could tell that he was just supposed to be there for a little while, probably the fourth quarter. Then it goes to overtime. They convince him to stay. I thought he did a really good job, too. I mean, I, and I think for a week one performance, you have to give these guys a lot of grace on, like, Peyton was hosting a show, and I've never seen him do that before. Mm -hmm. But he did it, and he did it well. Just got to figure out like a way to transition, which is honestly probably one of the hardest parts it, it of very doing much, yeah. you know, any kind of media. It's just tough sometimes. Yeah, and but I know you don't know job. how to, to handle compliments, but I like to give them out a lot. You know? <laughs> You're very good at that, where we'll be talking about a subject, and we'll go to another one, and you'll hit like a flawless transition, and it's like, okay, well, I can't call it out because it ruins it. But Yeah, if God, you talk about you, the brother. transition, it, it – it's not good, but we did have a football game last night, too. That was also really good, just like that transition. Yeah. Uh, but I, I loved watching the game, and I, I felt a little bit lost or maybe not as in tune to, like, down and distance, timeouts remaining, time on the clock, as I usually am watching a game. But I think I can make adjustments to keep watching the Manning <laughs> yeah. broadcast, but also be like, wait, how much time is left? Mm -hmm. What's the penalty here? But a, a great game that obviously came down to um, – a last, you know, overtime score. Hey, I almost got close to predicting the ending of that with a tweet. I don't know if you saw it. I didn't see that. Overtime started. Raiders get the ball. And I was like, I cannot wait to watch Derek Carr throw an interception that loses them this game. So freaking close. <laughs> uh, and that was another part of watching the Raiders, man. It, they get down to the goal line. They have the hard count. Uh, it moves them back five yards. And then they throw a ball into the end zone. It gets batted up. The Ravens intercept it. And... The Raiders thought it was over. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean they were felt, dabbing each other up on the on the field, right? Was this uh, overtime? I think that, that was, was after. I don't yeah, remember. Okay. I don't quite remember. But yeah, yeah, you're right on that one too. But I mean, the interception, and then you know Lamar Jackson gets the ball back, and you just know, like at the end of the fourth quarter, there, you have Justin Tucker. Yep. You have cross the fifty, get to the fifty, and you can win the game. But uh, Lamar Jackson fumbles again. Just a tough look. For a team that's still trying to figure it out, yeah. they, they've got a lot of injured pieces, but the the Raiders come out with the W in this one. I was surprised, but even again, taking it back to that Manning broadcast, uh, they pretty much called it like, "Yeah, that's cover zero. They're bringing pressure," and then nobody went back with Jones. Yeah, it, Derek Carr Jones. just lobs that one up. I'm not gonna lie, I forgot Zay Jones was on the Raiders. I forgot he was in the league. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you knew where he was playing. Kudos but to you, man. It, it was nice to see Derek Carr kind of get that redemption that redemption series. And I was like, okay, hey, now we can come, make a play, just relax, we'll be all right. And they were able to move the ball down the field when they wanted. But I felt like there were times in the game, especially at the beginning and in the middle of a regulation where it was just like, hey, you're, you're forcing the ball to Darren Waller too much. And I know yep. it's your primary guy. But, I know he's huge. Yeah, and I was I was talking to some buddies, and I don't want to sound like a homer here, but like if the Raiders make those mistakes against some of these other teams, like even the Chiefs, those safeties are going to drift back enough to where it's like, hey, that's an interception now, especially when those are thrown across the middle of the field. And when you're playing the Ravens, it's like they want to lay the wood. They want to set a tone where it's like, okay, hey, if he catches it right here, he's getting a shoulder into the ribs. And I felt like that's what would be a difference moving forward for Derek Carr and the Raiders, that there could be a lot more turnovers come from that offense if that's how they continue to play. But when it matters most, he makes the throw and he gets it to Darren Waller and yep. they score. I just don't know why the Ravens were – allowing Darren Waller to have so many opportunities to catch the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's the Raiders motto. Just win, baby. <laughs> they, they did. Like that's, that's all that matters. And they get the W last night. Darren Waller saw a ton of targets. Uh, he had 10 catches for 105 yards and one touchdown. Dude had 19 targets. Yeah. I haven't seen a, a number like that in the target category in a long time. I mean, like, that's I, crazy. He was on your brother's fantasy football team, uh -huh. uh, your oldest one, 
and I was beating him by like six points, but he had Carlson and Waller still left to play. So I knew I was about to get demolished. I got absolutely wiped off the face. Of How the about plane. Carlson too, though? I mean, to come he, in, hit that fifty-five yarder, send it to overtime. Mm-hmm. I w- I saw the look in his eyes. He was scared, like yeah. running onto the field. <laughs> I was like, this guy's gonna miss. Yeah, it. I mean, there he's no running way. onto the field with like ten seconds left on the play clock. Uh huh. And again, the Mannings are like, no, you have to run another play. So that's what I thought. Don't too. ice your own kicker. Yeah. Run another play. Get him out there. And they did, and then he drills another one. Uh, but it was a great game last night. And honestly, I'm happy for the Raiders that they got their fans back, well, for the first time ever, got mm-hmm. fans in their stadium. It was loud, too. And you walk away with a W. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's cool. I don't care if you're a Chiefs fan, Raiders fan, Broncos fan, whatever. Uh, it was cool to see. And that stadium looked beautiful last night. It really did. One thing that did not look beautiful is Mark Davis. I'm sorry, that is one of the most – that is the ugliest individual I've ever seen in my life. It's a tough look. Like, that haircut is just – I don't know if Brad Pitt could pull that off. I don't know if Ryan Reynolds is pulling off I that I just haircut. don't know how he's this far in life with this amount of money and goes, I'm going to keep the same haircut. Yeah. Like, you're not going to try anything else. <laughs> no. Brother, put on a wig. Do you think he goes somewhere? Like, he's obviously very rich. Do you think he goes somewhere, or do you think that's just I – he, I bet he uses a bowl that he's had since he was a kid. And it was like, my mom used to cut my hair with this bowl. Uh-huh. Now I cut my hair with this bowl. Yeah, his wife probably does it for him. Does he have a I wife? I assume he's married. I don't, I don't think he is. I wouldn't be if like I were Like my him. opening statement there, not a very good-looking individual. Now, sometimes money talks. <laughs> I don't know if it's talking for him. Uh, I would probably marry Mark Davis. Well, all right. That dude Kudos is loaded. <laughs> I'm telling you, money will talk. And Mark Davis has a lot of it. I'm looking now to see if he's married. <laughs> I don't know. We have to figure it out. Uh, let's take our first break of the show. Segment number two of the show brought to you by Club 609. As I lose my voice from yelling at a Chiefs game on Sunday still. But hop in there. If you're ever in the Joplin area, it's a must-attend place. There are two-for-one drink specials. <clears throat> hey, bub. How about that drink of water there, eh? <laughs> yeah. Two-for-one drink specials. $2 draft pours. At Club 609, if you are ever even near Joplin, Missouri, you have to go there. Uh, As I always say, I have a tattoo on my arm for that place, for a reason. My favorite bar in the entire world. Yep, and next up, minersandmonroe.com. They have a local store here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. If you're in the area, be sure to go visit a huge selection. If you're not in the area, go visit them at minersandmonroe.com and use code MikeDup10 at checkout for 10% off. They have everything you want in terms of clothes, every style. I think they're getting ready to drop out their fall apparel, which is going to be nice. They're going to have their flannels, their sweaters, their sweatpants, their jeans. They got nice shoes. They got retro hats. Anything and everything you're looking to up your style, boys, be sure to go to minersandmonroe.com and use code miked up 10 for 10 percent off definitely go check them out a little bit of college football news before we jump into some more nfl stuff and we'll be joined by mike winkle of gunspot for segment number three of today but uh, a lot of news that we didn't get to yesterday in the college football world that is just huge usc has fired their head coach clay helton and i saw this one come through it surprised me i was shocked But he's also a guy who's been on the hot seat that we knew kind of coming into the season. If things didn't go well, he would be fired. And uh, a lot of people expected it. Uh, A lot of people expected USC to not be too great. Uh, They're usually one of those programs that just kind of gets overhyped and then disappoints. But I was shocked to see him get fired in week two. Like To me, this is USC not doing a good job. Uh, If you didn't like the guy, Fire him in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Go find your new coach. Get him then. But firing him in week two of the college football season, I think that's going to be a tough look for recruits now. Like, you have an entire season to recruit for. And who's going to be the head coach? Like, it gives you a little bit of a jump on who your next head coach is going to be. But, you know, a lot of the candidates are on other teams right now. I was going to say, how much of a jump does it give you when everyone else is focused on their season and trying to make sure Mm -hmm. they don't get fired or they do well enough to get your attention to come possibly interview for your new head coaching job? I mean, there are a lot of good candidates out there right now. I think that this is a good crop of future, you know, coaching carousel guys. But, like, a Luke Fickle at Cincinnati is kind of the favorite after about 12 hours of knowing this. But he's at Cincinnati. Yeah, who's a top ten program, and, the and reason, has a lot to you know accomplish this season. I don't think you can even go to him right now if you're USC or the athletic director that's at USC, and like get feelers on him. I yeah, think you're gonna get shot down and say, "Hey, I'm I'm trying to handle business." 
<laughs> for the, the remaining 10 games that I have. I mean, especially with them getting ready to transition into the Big 12, it seems like they've already kind of just done that on their own in terms mm-hmm. of branding. It's like, we're excited to be here. Might not be right now, but hey, guess what? It's on everything, so yes, we are. But the, the AD for USC was one at Cincinnati, yeah, correct? he came hired from Cincinnati, Luke? Okay. where he hired Luke Fickle. And that's why a lot of people, myself included, are kind of you know piecing that together. Of like, oh, this might be his guy. And I, not only is it like his guy, but I also think that Luke Fickle's done a good job. And I, I think that he deserves to be that kind of top candidate. And he was an Ohio State guy. Like, his dream job is probably taking over at Ohio State. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> that job's not opening up was, anytime soon. That was going to be my Day. question for you with Luke Fickle is, would he, is he ready for a job like USC to come from Cincinnati where it's, it's a smaller school, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of expectations there. He's exceeded those tremendously with how well they've been playing and how good they've done you know, the last couple of years and as it continues this season as well. But if he makes that jump to USC, is it going to be one of those too-much-to-handle situations, or is yeah. it a, hey, I'm actually ready for this, let's roll? And, you know, that's another an, another, <laughs> another tough spot to coach. Yeah. You know, we're Texas fans. That's a tough spot. Like, you have all the, uh, the things that you need with facilities, budget, brand, but you also have, like, a lot of politics and a lot of pressure of, we want to win right now. And I think with Luke Fickle and Matt Campbell at Iowa State, there is that question of, can you fit in on the West Coast? Can you come out here and also do it? And that's why I think a lot of people are also pointing fingers at guys at big programs that have already won. James Franklin at Penn State is another one who's a big-time candidate that people think that he will go out to the West Coast. And, I mean, he's already done it at Penn State. I mean, that was not a great program yeah. that he took over for. He did a great job at Vanderbilt before. He's done a good job at Penn State. So maybe, you know, you throw a couple extra bucks his way and he would come to USC. So I think that could put him at the top of the candidate pool. And Mario Cristobal at Oregon is another one of those guys that people are kind of floating his name out there. I don't know. I wouldn't leave Oregon and what I have at Oregon for USC. Oh, no. I mean, you're already in the same conference, and you're better than them. Right, yeah. You just beat Ohio State. You've built something better than what you have at USC. So, I understand that USC might want to take a run at him. I I wouldn't do it if I were Mario Cristobal. I would stay at Oregon. He's already able to go into California and steal recruits. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so, you're freaking Oregon. Like, you heard of Nike? Yeah, it's exactly. right here. Like, I, maybe, I don't know, part of the country, it's not great for recruiting. But like I said, you dig into California already. You have all that Nike money. You have great facilities. You have a good stadium. You have one of the best brands in football. Speaking of Oregon, have you seen their offensive line coach? Like, that going around uh, on Twitter? I have not. So, he's like a 5'8", dude. But he's standing next to one of their offensive linemen. His number 77. I don't know the name off the top of my head. I just saw the picture. But this offensive lineman is a massive individual. Yeah. I don't know if he's like 7'2 or if he's like 6'6. But the guy he's standing next to is his offensive line coach. And he looks like he's about 5'6 or 5'8. And it is a hilarious picture. But it's one of those deals where other offensive linemen will tweet at it or quote to you and be like, hey, the best offensive line coach I ever had was a guy that was under 6 feet tall and did not play offensive line. I think a lot of people underestimate that. Like, you don't have to play the position to coach it. Like, or it, play. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to play. There are a lot of guys out there who really know the game of football. And even, like, in the, the draft scouting community, too, people will be like, where did you play? Uh, no, that doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, Matt, uh, Daniel Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I never saw any of those guys play high-level college football. Nope. I, I think that McShay maybe had a little bit of college experience. I don't know about the others at all you know, it, or even in the coaching world like it's cool to be at that high level but there are some guys who are in the nfl who are just dumb and there <laughs> yeah. are some guys who will never even make it on their high school football team who just know the game and they eat up the x's and o's yeah i mean you hear people in the nfl say that's like once you reach this level you realize everyone's pretty much on the same like athletic level like we're all mm-hmm. pretty athletic we're strong we're fast what are your mentals like? How smart are you? How quickly can you react? How can you like? How well can you study and then take what you see in the film room from studying and put it into action on the field? That's the difference of the NFL, and that's why some of these coaches get to this far as like, it doesn't matter if I played. I can bring the X's and O's and put my guys in the right spots to win football games. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing that. I would like to do like a deeper dive. I don't want to do it live on a podcast, but yeah. like of looking at the top coaches and being like, where did you play ball? 
Like, what's your highest level of football that you've played? Because even, you know, like, I think you have to start with Belichick. I think he played a little bit of football, but, like, at a small school, mm-hmm. yeah, which is still good. But, like, Andy Reid, what's what's his background? I think he played college ball for a little bit. Was it at BYU or something? He was, a, like, a grad assistant at BYU. Okay. But anyways, he, I know he played college ball. He's an offensive lineman, but he quickly went and became a coach. Like yeah. He started out almost as a reporter. And then <laughs> someone was like, hey, like, before you go down this path, do you just want to coach? And he was like, eh. It eventually got him into coaching. It was the right decision. Yeah. So <laughs> It's worked out pretty yeah. well for him. How about getting into some of these Sunday games? Because uh, we did our show on Sunday from Lot J, from Arrowhead, and uh, just another peek behind the curtain. I love tailgating with Lot J. They have so much going on, as I'm sure you heard in yesterday's episode. <laughs> we tried to beat getting set up. We tried to beat the DJ that they have. Because, yes, they have a DJ for their tailgate in the parking lot, which is one hell of a time. We tried to beat him getting set up. And then you hear just like a couple minutes in. It's like he thought we were an opposing DJ. And he was like, <laughs> oh, fuck no. Uh, oh, I'm the DJ. Y'all have microphones too? <laughs> My speakers are bigger. Yeah, we didn't have speakers. Uh, but we did try to beat that, but it, just, it didn't really work out. So a little bit of reactions from Sunday that we kind of missed. And I want to start with this Packers and Saints game. Because it, sitting in Arrowhead, I believe this game was going on at the same time. You know, they'd flash scores up. But then after this game really got going, and you see like 35-3, to three, and you read the box score of Jameis Winston has five touchdown passes. <laughs> you said that to me, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Because I saw he was like, like all time in week one. Because <laughs> I saw he was like seven for 14. I'm like, what? And how does he have five touchdowns out of seven throws? Yeah. Sure enough, he did. Everyone's just wide the hell open. And I mean, even for me, seeing the box score, I was like, aren't they playing the Packers? <laughs> yeah. What is happening here? Like, I knew Sean Payton was a good coach, but I, Green Bay fans, I don't know what to, what to tell you guys. Like, I'm sorry, you got your ass kicked in every aspect of the game. And I picked them to win. I know we were talking even on Friday about yeah. like the last dance, the kind of revenge tour for Aaron Rodgers. It's off to a rough start. But I'm wondering if he's just checked out. Like I know it's one game, so I'm not gonna have like big strong reactions to it. Yeah. But like two interceptions, struggled to complete passes, didn't throw the ball down the field. His QBR was thirteen. Like we heard Eli poking fun about his quarterback rating last night. Aaron Solid Rodgers zero. was thirteen. <laughs> So, I mean, a tough performance, and I do, I, I, and I think a lot of Packers fans would agree with me if they're being honest with themselves. I worry that he might actually be checked out, and this could be a situation going forward. Yeah, I mean, if it, if it happens again, I think that coaching staff, like if it happens in week two here, the coach staff is going to go, hey, do we need to give Jordan Love some extra reps in practice mm-hmm. this next and week? I, a lot of people were kind of reacting to that as well. And, you know, again, sitting in the stadium, you just you kind of hear the buzz of what's happening in the other games, mm-hmm. especially this one. Or you get a you know tweet notification. It's like they went to Jordan Love. It's like, yeah. oh, my God, what what is I really mean, going on here? Speaking of being an arrowhead, when they give you the update of these scores, when this one came up, I mean, it was a loud like, oh, my gosh, from the entire crowd, like all at one time realizing yep. and going, the Saints just whopped the Packers. Yeah. And if I know some people are going to be like, okay, well, you guys are just box score scouting. If you're going to read off Aaron Rodgers, two interceptions, we both know that one was a, a real deep overthrow right. mm-hmm. that the DB got underneath. And he, I mean, he just overthrew his intended target by a, almost a mile, it felt like. And then the other one went right through his, uh, I think it was Devontae Adams' hands and ended up being picked. So, like, yes, we saw it, we get it, but yeah. he also didn't throw any touchdowns. Yeah, like, it, it is just it was not a good game by the Packers at all. In anything that the Saints wanted to do, they got away with it. And Jameis Winston looked like a stud throwing the football down the field. He didn't make any of those stupid decisions that we saw him do in Tampa. It was mm-hmm. a hey, I'm going to be smart with the football. I know where I need to go and win. And then he just made plays. And this is exactly what I hope he continues to do for the rest of the year because this is what I've been almost trying to preach and just manifest for the past season yeah, as well. I mean, you, you like, got to be feeling yourself a little bit today because you have been saying this. Well, I was until I saw Carson Wentz and the Colts just absolutely <laughs> suck ass. So watching that game yesterday was tough. That one like was watching it back. Uh, a little bit tough, too. You've got some strong takes out there. But you know what? It's better to have strong takes 
than just lukewarm takes. The no takes. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I think he might be. I just don't want to get like good. too extravagant with it, you know. And I know I've had some takes on Lamar Jackson. I didn't really get into it. I thought he looked fine last night. I just also felt like he tried to do too much. And it's understandable when you have receivers going down with injury mm-hmm. and you don't really have running backs you can rely on. But man, he got to a point last night where he was like, okay, bub, you're just you're trying way yep. too hard and you're putting yourself in this position. But I think he looked fine. It's I just he he's going to okay. need that help surrounding him. Yeah, they definitely need some help at running back. Maybe Latavius Murray will get comfortable and he'll be able to do that. But turnovers are turnovers. I don't yeah. care if they're interceptions or fumbles. When you're giving the football to the other team, that's bad. And he did it twice yep. last night. So, I mean, you can. You can look at his QBR and be like, oh, he didn't throw any interceptions. But he still had some crucial turnovers in that game, and it was tough. And, I mean, you mentioned some of these other games, the Colts, you had some strong takes on that one. But how about sticking with that division? Ooh, buddy. Houston Texans are winning that division right now. They're the only team with a win. Uh, I mean, we were talking, again, on Friday, doing some of the predictions and stuff, and I said that I didn't think that the Texans would be favored in any game this year. Uh, Maybe we'll have to check the schedule, see who they got. But did not look good. Granted, for, it, they played Jacksonville. Exactly. So. Urban Meyer and the Jaguars. There's already – I don't even know if it's speculation or if it's a lot of people poking fun. They're like, Urban Meyer might actually be the USC coach next year. What are your realistic – like, what did we call it last year? Your confidence meter. On the radio, on, what are your confidence meter that Urban leaves for this USC job? I, I would put it pretty low. Okay. Like 40%. Like, I, <laughs> I feel like that's still pretty high. It is, but I mean, it's <laughs> like it, you're right though. If we were talking about any other coach in the NFL, it would be like, what's your confidence meter that they would leave for USC? Like like, one percent, one, yeah, two yeah. percent. Maybe if they went to USC with Urban, I'm putting it like forty. Like he's just he's the kind of guy that would leave after one year and be like, nope, this isn't really working out for me. But at the same time. That's such a shitty move to do. Yeah. To sign up to be the head coach, sign a long-term deal, be invested to rebuild something, and then bounce after a year. However, this is Urban Meyer we're talking about. So <laughs> yeah. like, that's why I am putting those that confidence meter so high. They're like, yeah, this it could happen. It's not something that I will just ignore and be like, no, that would never. Not with him. I, I wouldn't. And there's already though, like you might yeah. be right on that percentage actually. <laughs> uh, there's already so many people that are talking in that Jaguars, you know, that within mm-hmm. of he's not happy. He How many games do you temper. think they have to win for him to stay? Especially at this USC job. If USC pursues him heavily mm-hmm. and is like, This is what we'll offer you in terms of money, which is probably gonna be more than the NFL, and the facilities and everything you get, you're gonna get full control over an entire be program. Back in South Carolina, exactly. you're in Jacksonville, Florida. No offense. Yeah. One's much nicer. South California. I think you said Carolina um, there, but oh, yeah. you could throw um, me for a loop. I was like, wait, what? Yes, you're in Southern California, yep. not South Carolina. My geography sometimes can be a little <laughs> iffy, so I wanted to <laughs> Those two aren't very close. No. I got confused with the SC. Uh, man, I don't I don't know if he would or not. I, I hope that he doesn't because that would be a scummy thing to do, but he has done scummy things in the past. It wouldn't surprise me at all if we do see that happen with Urban Meyer. Segment number three of the day brought to you by the great folks at Gunspot. And how about this one? Mike Winkle from Gunspot joining us today. Mike, you were a, a regular staple of our radio show. So it's great to have you in here today talking about Gunspot and giving our listeners maybe a little bit of a better idea of what you guys are, what you provide. So just right off the top, what is Gunspot? Kind of what are you guys doing over there? Well, it's great to be with you guys. And Gunspot is is a place, I, I guess it's all in the title. It's a spot to, to get all things gun related. Yep. You know, there's a lot of websites out there and a lot of websites aren't as modern, don't have modern platforms. They've been around for years. There's not great security. Um, we have a ton of features, but the best thing about Gunspot is you can go on there and and bid on auctions for guns. You can buy guns outright from so many dealers around the country, um, and many of these these auctions are no reserve auctions, which means you can get a great price on a great gun. I know you can go into your local gun store, and that's great. We support that, but you can buy online as well. Super easy. You just get on there, create an account on Gunspot.com, and uh, you can go start bidding on these auctions. There's literally hundreds and hundreds of no reserve auctions every single week, and uh, and just just go crazy. And we are giving away great deals 
all the time. Savings um, that are crazy to a lot of these guns. Sometimes it's embarrassing to, to send these guns to these guys because they're getting them uh, for so inexpensive. But that's what Gunspot loves to do. We love to provide that great service to people. So we'd love people to check it out. Um, you know, protecting your family, protecting yourself is one of the best things about this country. And uh, to have a firearm on hand it's so important today now more than ever, um, whether it's ammunition, whether it's accessories, whether it's firearms, uh, from everything from uh, rifles to pistols to full auto machine guns, which, by the way, are legal to own. Some mm -hmm. of them are legal to own for regular citizens. They're just really expensive. But in other words, Gunspot.com has everything. You'll enjoy the site. We have Gunspot Academy where you can go and view tutorials, training, tactical training tips gun reviews, fun videos. So we're more than just a, a gun website. We provide a lot of all, a lot of all that kind of stuff. And we're a two-way community, Second Amendment friendly site. We love the Second Amendment and we want to champion it, whatever we do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, and those fun videos that you mentioned are actually hilarious. Like we should start calling those hilarious videos because you're acting and then the storylines that you guys have I'm in it. I'm surprised you haven't left Gunspot for Hollywood yet. It's it's a mystery, really. Um, I, I just and That's love why Gunspot. you're on with us today. You're trying to get discovered. I'm trying to get out there. I got to get, you know, you get out there and get exposure. And where else can I get great exposure than through the mic'd up crew? I mean, you guys, this is the place to be. I mean, that's why that. we're here, too. We, I mean, look what it's <laughs> yeah. doing for your social lives and, and uh, dating lives, you two. Well, yeah, I, so, wouldn't go, I wouldn't go that far, you know. I have to stay strapped with a gun just to keep people away from me. I know. I <laughs> hey, hey, I'm a little too busy right now. I'm going to need you to back up. Well, and, and me getting through your entourage just to get <laughs> to you guys sometimes when you're out and about, it's tough. So, you know, having some firearm safety is, is never a bad deal, especially for you two. Yeah. Never. Or, you know, even, even just the fun target shooting oh yeah yourself a new gun to go do that recreationally what's like the coolest thing that you've come across uh with gun spot i because it's more than just guns that you guys have i think we had you on one time you were talking about i said like a helicopter yeah even? yeah we've got military style vehicles on there the coolest thing i've saw was uh it was called a teradyne it's basically a yes. humvee on steroids it's a military vehicle but this thing was beautiful inside it was so i mean the seats were so comfortable um, tricked out with the latest, uh, you know, computer technology inside everything from radar, uh, to, uh, infrared. Um, this thing had a turret for a machine gun, had it, the armor on this, uh, Teradyne Humvee could withstand a 50 caliber round, which is tank worthy. But the coolest thing about it was it's EMP proof. So you could blast an EMP and it would shut down electronics all around you, but it would not affect the electronics in this vehicle. Dang. And I sold it to a guy that has a ranch, and he calls it his Plan B vehicle because if things, <laughs> if you know what hits the fan, uh -huh. he's got that vehicle, and he's he's got to be pretty pretty secure and safe in that thing. But that that went for about three hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. I mean, so that so, just prices me out. You yeah, just just, just missed it. Yeah, just missed it. Just for missed me. it. But that is, I mean, just amazing. Yeah. So you could take There's that cool thing stuff. like like hog hunting, right? Because <laughs> I think so. I mean, Texas could have used that this past weekend. We don't necessarily need to get into it. But <laughs> exactly. Whew. Exactly. Well, hogs tore us up. Yeah, I've been trying to avoid that topic. I'm, <laughs> yeah. just, I'm not ready yet. I've been praying for you guys. That was a rough one. Um, that was ugly. So it was. Sorry about it, it. it was. Good. It was not the best showing for the Texas Longhorns. Uh, but that's fine. But one great thing about you is you're also a huge football fan. That's obviously what we love to talk about. We'll get into love basketball it. and baseball, too, a little bit. But uh, we know where our bread is buttered, and that's with football, specifically the NFL. You are a huge Broncos fan. Huge. Probably, yeah, probably the biggest Broncos fan I know. And, there's, you know, there's surprisingly a lot of Broncos fans in this area. There We're is. In You're southwest about Missouri, but, I mean, there are so many Broncos and Raiders fans yeah. in this area, too. Just adds a lot of class. Yeah. You're about area. the only Broncos fan I can stand. Really? I've known a lot growing up, and I can't stand any of them. Bro. Your personality tops a cake. Attaboy. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Same with the Chiefs fans. They're rough. It's yeah. rough living here, trust me, in enemy enemy territory. Yeah. But you guys are the real deal. You guys are intelligent Chief fans, you know? Try to be. It's not like in the, back in the day the Chiefs fans would say, oh, John Elway sucks. You know, and and these <laughs> right. awful – it's like let's just speak intelligently, Like You right? can be honest yeah. and not cheer for 
another team. Absolutely. Patrick yeah. Mahomes is hands down the best quarterback in the league. I wish he was a Bronco. He's amazing. Great kid. Great for the city. Best mm-hmm. draft pick they've ever made. Um, you know, so I can say that. It's it's great. Now, if we want to talk about the defense, that's a different story. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, just being – and you guys are intelligent, loyal Chief fans. I love that. I respect that all day long. Yeah. Yep. And, I mean, even we were at the game on Sunday, and you see so many of these fans – and sometimes they're really, like, hassling other guys. Mm-hmm. And I think some people, like, buy into it. Like, they even maybe want a little bit of banter back and forth. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to talk a little shit to each other. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, hey, you know, good game. You all be safe getting home. But then there are those other fans. Oh. They are just absolutely terrible to each other. Yeah. And sadly, there are a lot of Chiefs fans that yeah. are like that. I, every stadium every has yeah, every but single one. It is nice to be able to look at you and your Broncos T-shirt today and be like, "That's fine." Yeah, that's fine. And we've talked a lot before. I mean, I really like what the Broncos have going on, and it, I mean, a good win for them on Sunday. I mm-hmm. mean, the Giants maybe not the best team in the world, but I think when you're bringing in a new quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater, new to this offense, uh, that's a that's a good first step to get that W. And a win in the NFL is a win. It doesn't matter who it's against. But what were kind of your takeaways from watching? that game were you happy with what you saw yeah and it was you know on the road too to go on the road and and uh and bring home a victory I was I was excited on in every phase of the game and I know we're not going to be tested till we play you know in our division and some of those I mean we got Jacksonville this week I don't know if that'll be a real test but um I believed in this team yeah we are deep we have amazing talent and I still think we're we're underrated I looked at uh, the late you know some of the latest power rankings and the teams that are above Denver right now I don't think will be for long because I think we're going to surprise a lot of people I've been saying that to you guys for a long time Uh, the talent is just the weaponry so glad Judy is not out for for longer I hope that sticks that looked rough it looked bad (laughs) I I thought he's gone for the year but I did too thank goodness he's not but I liked what I saw I mean defensively man really really stout and we still have ways to improve too and and Teddy Teddy B did good. I'm I'm a huge Drew Locke fan, um, so I was upset he didn't get the nod. But um, but Teddy was Teddy. He did what we needed him to do. And if he continues to play like that, um, I think we're going to be a real yep. big problem to a lot of teams out there, yeah. which is cool. Teddy probably won't win you a lot of games, but he's probably not going to lose you. Yeah, any games too. And that's just I, they're being conservative with it. But you know sometimes that's enough when you have yeah. a really good defense. Melvin Gordon was really impressive. I you, thought. Well, you know, he had that one seventy-yard run, but till then, uh, the running game was kind of a, a little well, stale. Yeah. And I think the Giants, you know, game plan for that. They planned to stop the run and let Teddy, you know, who was, you know, kind of an unknown because he's been such a journeyman, let him beat beat them. But uh, but we had a few few big runs, a couple ten-yard runs out there. Um, uh, the two backs did really well. Uh, they split carries, but yeah, it was nice to get that long breakaway. You go all year and want one of those, and to get it in the mm-hmm. first game was super cool. So super exciting. So after watching the game Sunday, do you want Teddy B to still be your quarterback? Because I mean, we, you mentioned the schedule. Like you play, you go to the Jacksonville Jaguars next week, and then you get the Jets at home, and then you really don't get tested until the week after that against mm-hmm. the Ravens with them coming into Denver, but. Right. Shoot, they might be beat up by the time they get there, the Ravens. Because, I mean, next week the Ravens have to go play the Chiefs, and they had a tough-fought matchup last night with the Raiders. Mm -hmm. So, with the Broncos, like, I feel like it's going to be easy for Teddy B to keep that Mm -hmm. spot. But after that, how short do you think or how long is that leash for him to kind of make mistakes before Broncos fans are like, put in Drew Locke? I think it'll be a long leash. I really do. I mean, he's just going to get confidence over the next few weeks. And then I think – if he just really screws up and plays horribly, then I think Drew will come in or, you know, injured. I hope he doesn't get injured. But mm-hmm. um, I think this is what Teddy's going to be, and I think we've got the weaponry to make the game pretty simple. And I, I honestly think if Drew was in, he might have even done better. He might have even put 30-some points up. Yep. And, of course, you know, K.J. Hamler dropped a wide-open, you know, touchdown pass and, and – uh, you know, Alberto uh, fumbled, you know, so there, it could have been more points even for Teddy, but, um, you know, I think, uh, I think he'll have a long leash. I think that was the, the goal from day one. I don't think Drew Locke had a chance Mm -hmm. once 
Peyton brought in Teddy Bridgewater. He knew him from Minnesota. I think that was the plan all along. So um, I feel bad for Drew. Great kid. Um, I miss those deep balls. I miss <laughs> I miss that cannon of an arm. And I think with Teddy, you're just going to go 10 yards here, 15 yards here, and maybe some deep balls, but we'll see. But yeah, um, they'll mix in enough to keep the defense honest. I hope. I like that strategy with you know, quarterback competition. Yeah. That I mean, if Teddy Bridgewater, I, you've seen so many other teams like a quarterback throws an incompletion, not even just a bad ball, but just a regular old incompletion, and you can just tell by their body language or the look that they're giving, like, mm-hmm. oh man, they're looking over the shoulder. Yeah, literally sometimes of this other guy coming in is he warming up? What's mm-hmm. happening on the sideline? So I do think they should give him a leash, and obviously sure. he played very well uh, against the Giants. He's probably going to play very well in the next two games, mm-hmm. the Jaguars and the Jets yep. uh, as well. And, you know, Derek Carr even played pretty okay against the Ravens last night. So a, a nice little favorable start to the season for the Broncos that could get you know, Teddy Bridgewater rolling, mm-hmm. getting a little more confident yeah. in that offense. I do think that the Broncos and what they have is pretty scary. I, it is. They're loaded all over the place except for the yeah. quarterback. And even at quarterback, I don't think they're terrible. I like Teddy. He's good yeah. enough. Drew Locke. We'll see if he plays this year. I yeah. don't know if he will, but I mean, if he doesn't, that's a really good sign. Yeah, because that means Teddy Bridgewater is playing really doing well. Well, and <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's probably what you want ideally is to mm-hmm. just stick with one guy. I mean, to take it back to the college football world, Big Country and I, both Texas fans, it's like just figure it out. Yeah, it's the most important position in football. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. Give this guy time to do it. And you know, they Texas went with the young guy that was like, oh, he's got so much potential. And it didn't work out. So what are they doing now? Going with the more veteran mm-hmm. guy. And it, hopefully it pans out for our Texas Longhorns, too. But, I mean, what a just crazy Sunday slate of games, too. I know Aaron Rodgers is a guy that you've mm. kind of been keeping your eye on. But to watch yeah. the Green Bay Packers struggle, I think it was one of the most shocking things that we saw all Sunday. Yeah, and you look at, like, you know, Sam Darnold and Joe Burrow coming back from uh, injury and all the rookie guys playing. And who would have thought the worst – quarterback rating of any of those guys would be Aaron Rodgers but again you know they're they're offseason in turmoil I guess we should have expected this and that's why you know I thought Green Bay should have just cut ties and just moved on they could have got a haul for him instead they they've compromised their team uh, confidence reps all those things that are so important even for the best of quarterbacks was lacking so I guess we really shouldn't be surprised but um, I never even thought on Roger's worst day he could be that yeah. inept and that bad well I mean he made those comments of my worst seasons are career best for people yeah that yeah. you know maybe time's catching up with him too he's not as young as he well once was well let's say he continues playing poorly then his trade value probably goes down and again I think they should have struck while, while the, the iron was do hot think, do you think Aaron Rodgers is petty enough to sabotage a season to like I don't want to be traded for three first-round picks. I want to be traded for a third-round pick. <laughs> so I have all this help coming in. Maybe he's just absolutely sabotaging the Green Bay Packers as one more fu middle finger to this organization before he actually moves on. I think he's too competitive for that Probably to, to so. even let it that happen. It wouldn't want to ruin his legacy. Yeah, and and his his legacy, his stats, and all that kind of stuff. Even though you know no one will ever eclipse Brady, but um, I just think there's so there's so much negativity in there surrounding that. Um, Team chemistry is so important. And I see, I think that's what the Broncos have right now, this great team chemistry. They love each other. They get along. It's a great locker room. And you just are missing that with all of the stuff that's happened with Aaron Rodgers. It's yep. going to show up on the field. It's going to affect everything. Well, it's a distraction. It, no matter how they handle it, it is a distraction. You yeah. know, Big Country and I were at the Chiefs game Sunday, but even when the Packers benched Aaron Rodgers, everybody in the stadium – started reacting, started opening mm-hmm. their phone. Like, why did they bench him? Well, it was a blowout, so you just don't want to get Aaron Rodgers hurt. Right. But even that, it's, you know, distracting. When yeah. it usually wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, you pull out a quarterback like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, when you're getting blown out, it's not a problem. Yeah. It's okay. This is clearly what the plan is here in place. Mm-hmm. But with the Green Bay Packers, it's another question that you're going to have to answer and that you're going to have to wonder about. Yeah. Even going forward, like how many times is Jordan Love going to be put into – the game. Yeah. I, I think the Packers are going to struggle uh, with it going forward as being a distraction. It's just, there's really, there's no other way around it. Yeah. And the Bills losing, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger wasn't even drafted in one of my fantasy leagues 
Yep. Um, so I picked him up on the waiver wire. That's so disrespectful. He's so <laughs> great. And uh, look what he did, you know, leading his team in a big win. And then, the, I mean, the AFC West, golly, you know, 4-0. and Undefeated. Yeah, and uh, beating some solid teams in Cleveland for, for you guys with the Chiefs. And then, uh, man, what the Raiders did, uh, even though, you know, I think the Ravens are, are this year's Broncos of last year. You know, we just had so much luck, bad yeah. luck injury-wise. I hate it for them. Um, I, I don't want to see that for anybody, but right. gosh, that's what happens. But, uh, yeah, our, our division, AFC West, wow. It's going to be a, a dogfight all year long. Yeah. The Absolutely. NFC West, too, both yeah. went undefeated. Yeah. But, I mean, those are two of the best divisions Oh yeah, in football. I was surprised to see the Steelers beat the Bills. I definitely didn't have that one picked. With Ben Roethlisberger, I've been saying all year he's done. I, I, I didn't think he'd be good. We'll see. Yeah. I, I mean, he was – pretty good last year until about week 11 and then i felt like things kind of fell off but you are like a, a fantasy football champion i, I how many won, times i've won six times uh-huh in one of my leagues that i've been in for it's our 18th season so do you have year. your own trophy case then for all no those? we don't do any trophies or anything like that <laughs> at this point mike probably just keeps it at his house <laughs> yeah <laughs> people yeah. just know like yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and they know Winkles. if I lose it this year, they know it'll be back the next year. So we don't even ship it. <laughs> yeah, right. No, don't get comfortable. <laughs> but, you know, I, I've been saying this. I think, oh, boy, Josh, Josh Allen is like this, this era's NFL Steve Young. Just yeah. overrated. Oh, you think so? <laughs> so oh, I wasn't expecting well, you to I go wasn't there. either. Let's go. That comment like, feels better when Matt's here. You piqued my uh, right. curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think Josh is is really good quarterback, solid, but I think he's overrated. He's, I saw that he was ranked second um, in, in some projected leagues, and I just don't buy it. Um, he's solid, but, mm -hmm. but they're crowning him as – as this incredible like, quarterback you know, way too early. We always do that. A guy will have mm -hmm. one really good year, and then we crown him. Yeah. Even with Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. He had a great, fantastic year his second year. And even after one season of starting, people were talking about him being better than Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's always somebody. Or Lamar Jackson, you know, when he won mm -hmm. the MVP. Then Josh Allen has a great year. I think he still could be really good. But it, we are kind of crowning him a little bit early. I think, but that's the NFL. That's how uh, these things happen. It's always an overreaction to even week one. Yeah. There, there will be an overreaction of teams that lost or teams that won. Now, the Eagles played well. I, I've seen a lot of reactions from Eagles fans or, you know, people praising them. Mm -hmm. the Falcons are actually pretty bad, though. <laughs> they're so, like, let's bad. remember who you beat. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why Denver I'm taking, you know, I'm just chilling on that. And it was a great start. Okay, we're going to take it. Let's see what happens. But again, it'll be the fourth week till we know, but um you know, and Pat Mahomes, you know, if you change one dynamic in any of these guys system, if you take Kelsey away, if you take Tyreek away, um what's what is he going to be able to make the plays? That's yeah. the thing. He is so fortunate mm -hmm. to have the cast around him. And, and I tell you, the defense, the Kansas City defense, once again, you know, two years ago, first round of the draft, Chiefs take a running back. Didn't go defense. This year, we spent a lot of money on the offensive line. Again, spending money on offense, letting the defense go. And I saw Pat get hit an awful mm -hmm. lot. Mm -hmm. And you spent all this money and you neglected the defense. It's going to come back to bite the Chiefs and there again it was a fortunate win a heave down the field and Tyreek makes a great play mm -hmm. um it could easily not have happened Nick Chubb doesn't fumble again uh Cleveland was the better team on that field on Sunday and they lost and it, how long are the Chiefs going to do this are they going to be able to continue to win this way uh, your luck runs out eventually yeah and well so I, I don't yeah know. i think we've seen it before with the, the year they won the super bowl mm -hmm. the luck didn't oh run gosh. out they just they i mean they get down Every by game. huge amounts and Every come game. back but then last season kind of caught up to you yep. and it reminds <laughs> me of john elway right i mean john elway in in some of his bronco years he was just like pat mahomes he would just put the team on his back and find a way to do it so pat reminds me of john so much and that's another reason i love him so much but um you know Again, you've once John finally got that stable around him, that's when we actually were really successful. So um, you can have the fun wins and the exciting ones, but uh, you know, you know, I'd love to have change. some of those boring ones though. 
I yeah. like those. Blowouts are nice here and there. Yeah. Yes. You know, Whew. just get a lead, jump out to a lead, and just sustain it and keep it the whole game. <laughs> exactly. Like, we don't have to win the game in the fourth quarter. Like, exactly. I'll be fine. Yeah. I, I would actually can... like to turn the game off in like the third quarter. Wouldn't it be <laughs> nice? Go mow the yard or have a drink, yeah. you know? To not just, just not have a heart attack during the game. It'd be yeah. nice once Or to be able to sit down on the couch and watch the game <laughs> yeah. and not stand with my hands on my head screaming yeah. and nervous all the time. And the language <laughs> from you guys during those games is rough. It's yeah, G-rated. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. I don't get too worked up at Chiefs games. Not at Chiefs games, no. no really? Texas games, I do. You do. That's when you get mm-hmm. really Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I know animated. we've talked a lot about, you know, on the podcast of being Chiefs fans. I have no problem admitting that I'm a bandwagon fan. Uh, you know, even this Sunday, people were asking me, like, how'd you become a Chiefs fan? Is it because you're from Missouri? It's not, actually. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, it was Alex Smith's last year that he was the starter. Matt and I were telling some of our other buddies, like, man, the Chiefs really, like, they finally built a good team. Like, they could be really good this year. And the other guys we were talking to were actually Chiefs fans. And they were trying to tell us, like, nope, this is the same old thing. Like, they're mm-hmm. going to win nine games. Mm-hmm. It'll be maybe a wild card team. They're going to lose in the playoffs. They're not good. And just kept trying to go back and forth and tell me, like, seriously, guys, this is the year they'll be good. They're going to win more than 10 games. So it finally came down to a bet uh, where Matt and I had uh, over 10 wins and the other two guys had under 10 wins. It came down to the Week 17 game of Patrick Mahomes. But then just keeping track of the Chiefs every week and needing them to win mm-hmm. actually made me a Chiefs fan. But wow. I, I am completely on the bandwagon of watching Patrick Mahomes play, like rooting for them to win games, and even still at the time liking Alex Smith, thinking they needed to stick with him, mm-hmm. but then carrying it over to that next season when Mahomes just played oh, wow. so well is the entire reason why I root for the Chiefs at all. So 100% on a bandwagon, bandwagon. so I, I don't get too upset. Yeah. And even at the losses, I still don't get too upset. But with you know, the Texas Longhorns, I'm 20-plus years into this fandom. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. I, they've been so bad over the last mm. decade that if you know they have some success, I get really excited. Yeah. If the air is an interception, I get really upset. About yeah, There's a lot of do. table slapping when the, oh, when the Texas Longhorns game's on. Mm-hmm. Of like, what are you doing? Or Casey Thompson comes in and they score. And it's like, why haven't you been doing that all uh-huh. game? Yeah. Uh-huh. Where's this guy been? Yeah. yeah. The good thing about me is that I don't carry it over, though. Like, if, the, if Texas good. loses, people will always talk trash. You know, I had so many people texting or tweeting at me. Mm. Uh, is Texas back? It's like, I'm going to ignore that <laughs> for the night because that doesn't make me happy. Yeah. But that will be fine. Yeah. Going forward. Yeah. But well, they got a good quarterback, and and I think they they just had a, a bad game, but they'll they'll put it back together, I think. But yeah. vying for the championship, no, but you right. know, I think that they'll have a, still have a pretty solid season. And my Colorado Buffaloes almost beat the other Texas team. That would have been a huge. I was upset. rooting for them. Yeah, that would have been that <laughs> yeah. would have been cool, but fell just a little short. But yeah, that's another. Team. I was actually thinking about it this weekend because there's all that conference realignment going on mm-hmm. in college football. So I don't know if Colorado is actually happy with what they're doing out there in the Pac-12. Uh, I think they, they initially thought it'd be a good idea, but now they're just wasting away. But Right. Like, I, no one, maybe it's the area we live in, but nobody talks about Colorado anymore. No. no. And yeah. there, there's no reason to. I mean, we are, <laughs> we are back down where we used to be, you know, prior to the Bill McCartney era, which was unbelievable football. I miss that. Um, mm-hmm. So I've never been a, a college football fan, just NFL right. But during those Bill McCartney years, and then, uh, you know, Rick Neuheisel came in and destroyed everything that he had created, just completely destroyed it. But what Bill McCartney did was uh, so special, the players, um, the talent. And now you guys are benefiting from that with Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's basically what he, all he yeah. learned in He's Colorado. A, uh, I saw somebody rumoring him for the USC job. So I, I think that's another one that would— Eric Bieniemy to USC? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't see that. I don't know all. if it's a great fit. I don't know. I mean, even at Colorado, like Colorado yeah. job came open and the enemy wasn't really interested. So yeah. I think that he might just he, probably an NFL guy. I think if you're so. going to turn down that Colorado job. Yeah. I don't know that USC can come call and yeah. and make it any better. But he, that is a name that I saw a couple people throwing out there. And it, maybe if he can't get a job in the NFL, uh, maybe he does start to look at those 
college ranks. I'm definitely a college football fan more than the NFL, but obviously a lot of people disagree with me on that one. They they go the other way with their fandom. Yeah, and that's me. I, I've just always been an NFL guy. So, I mean, I'll watch college football, but, mm-hmm. I, you know, I really don't get into it till around draft time. Yeah. NFL yeah. draft time. And then I'm wondering what you guys are saying about these guys because right. I really don't know a whole lot about too many of them. But. Yep. Uh, so before we end this, I want to go back to the Broncos because, again, you're the, one of the only Broncos fans that I can stand. So I know you're also very realistic on how they're going to be throughout the year. The defense looked good against the Giants. Now, granted, mm-hmm. it's the Giants and it's Daniel Jones on that awful offensive line, but you got Von Miller back. Mm. What were your thoughts like on looking at the defense and then how like, – kind of what's your prediction on how good the Broncos are going to be this year? Do you see them as a playoff team potentially, you know, even mm-hmm. with the potential quarterback battle that's there? What are your thoughts and like hope for the Broncos the rest of the season? I really do. I really think um, they are a playoff caliber team. It'll depend on a lot of injuries and stuff like that. But Vaughn was – oh, see him get two sacks was so great. And, you know, Bradley Chubb didn't play, so he wasn't even out there just yet. Um, you know, Pat Sertan got a lot of potential. but God, they, I love him. But they didn't play him too much. He, he, he kind of missed a tackle on their, their one touchdown. Uh, they had a 37-yard touchdown, and, uh, and Pat missed the tackle, and then he went right back to the bench. Um, <laughs> but that's, you know, welcome to the NFL moments and stuff like that. But I think they are um, a caliber team. Again, the defense is going to be so solid and just continue to gel. But the offense is the is the wild card. But man, I just with those weapons, and again, if Teddy can just continue to put the ball where he needs to, I think mm-hmm. I think we are going to be hard to deal with. And I'm excited to play the Chiefs because I think we can move on their defense a lot easier than they're going to be able to move on our defense. So I think we're a better all around team than the Chiefs. I'm going to be honest. But Ooh. but Pat Mahomes has that is that wild card. He's just so dang good that it's hard. You know you, you can never count him out. You can be thirty yep. uh, up by thirty in the fourth quarter, and I'm I'm not counting Pat Mahomes out by any yeah. means. But yeah. I think I think we're that good. But we'll see. No respect yet, but we don't deserve it just yet. <laughs> but that's what I think. And that, I'm a homer. I get it. But uh, legitimately, up and down that roster, I I love what I see. Yeah, and sadly, we'll have to wait till December. December 5th. Yep, for the Broncos Chiefs to play. Uh, I guess I like that it's late in the season, and then they finish the season playing each other too. So us as Chiefs fans, you as a Broncos fan. But we do uh, always appreciate you coming on to the show, talking with us, talking about Gunspot. And, again, you can visit them at gunspot.com. You can register for an account. You can check out their no-reserve auctions. But, fellas, that's it for us today. And thanks to our other sponsors as well. Uh, you can go to Manscaped, use Miked Up 20 for 20% off at manscaped.com. We thank you, Big Country, and I will be back right here tomorrow on Miked Up.